0: hello everyone and welcome to season three of hello zafigo if those of you are new to this um, zafigo.com is a website for women on travel and we usually do an event every year called zafigo x where we get people together and uh, have lots of great speakers and and um, workshops and everything but last year because of the pandemic we couldn't do it obviously so we decided to go online and produce an online kind of talk show uh, called hello zafigo and this is it so last year we did 12 episodes and this is the 13th episode of season three for 2021 this year we're going to do one episode <clears throat> every month, excuse me, um, from now until November. And I will host some, and some of it will be hosted by the editor of Zapico, Eliza Thomas. Eliza, are you there? Give a wave. And, um, and yeah, uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, this Today, we're having a very, very nice session. Um, I know it's puasa, it's Ramadan, but we will be talking about food, um, which might seem uh, a bit strange, but we're always thinking about food, aren't we? We're all Malaysians. So, um, so just wanted to say that uh, for the new season, we also have something a bit different in that we are being styled. We have now a close sponsor. So all the women, sorry, sorry, the one gentleman. <laughs> 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 well, well, we'll find something for you at some point. But at the moment, all the women are wearing tops by Ori, which is a people-powered community with a mission to provide life-enriching experiences from all things fashion to well-being. Very much uh, in line with what we do at safiko so, today, as I was saying, we are going to talk about the love for the love of food and travel. As you know, food and travel are always linked because, as Malaysians, and I'm sure most people in the world, when we travel, we love to seek out new types of food, whatever food that the country offers. Um, I know there are some people who travel and always look for the same food that they have back home, but I know most of us are more adventurous than that. So today we have three very special people, people who have wonderful restaurants that I have enjoyed, and I'm sure many of you all have as well. And they are going to share with us their experiences on traveling and eating and also cooking. So let me introduce our three wonderful guests today. First, we have the very gorgeous, with the most gorgeous hair, uh, Samna Anan, a chef, cooking show host, and author. I'm sure um, you've seen her on TV, where she gives us all sorts of wonderful tips uh, on how to cook uh, her dishes. She is a Cordon Bleu alumnus and has been living in uh, KL for 21 years now, although she's actually a native of Kochi in Kerala, India. And she also lived in the States, which is where she first started exploring cooking. Uh, Her travels have definitely influenced the way she sees and cooks the food she grew up with. And she works closely nowadays with restaurants to help curate their menus. And from time to time, conducts on-demand cooking classes, which I haven't been to, where she shares unique dishes and flavors inspired by her home country, India. Welcome, Satna. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Nice to see you guys. Nice to see
0: you too. Next, we have our gentleman, Benjamin Young, founder, and I totally love this, chief eating officer of the big group. Um, ben says he grew up in a household where cooking was what kept the family close. Does everybody cook in the family?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I think the whole family is into food, so and everybody enjoys the spot of cooking. So
0: <laughs> definitely eating for sure. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so Ben decided to make the kitchen his sanctuary as founder and CEO, with the, the way he puts it. Uh, of the big group he has taken this passion and turned it into eateries, a grocery chain which we know very well, a catering business and a B&B in the UK that I didn't know about, that you have to tell us about. Um, ben started traveling at a very young age and says that the opportunity to be able to do so has helped him understand different cultures which he uses as inspiration for his own creation welcome back.
2: Thank you, thank welcome
0: you for having listeners. me. <laughs> and finally, we have Elie Sulaiman, who's a food entrepreneur and an Asian Food Network ambassador. I'm sure you've seen her on TV as well. Um, Ily comes from a very mixed background. Um, her mom is half Chinese, half British, dad is half Sri Lankan, half Malay, and I'm sure all that food appeared in your Childhood kitchens, right? How could it not? Uh, She's a chef, she's a food entrepreneur and a TV personality and grew up exposed to and loving food from different cuisines naturally. Uh, While living in the UK, she worked at one of London's most prestigious fine dining restaurants, Mossimans, wow, where she gained professional experience in the F&B industry. She then went on to compete and won the Food Hero Asia 2015 title, a competition run by the Asian Food Channel and Food Network Asia. Welcome, Ili. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here amongst all of you. <laughs> Welcome to all of you. Uh, like I said, I know it's uh, fasting month, so it's a bit odd to be talking about food, but it's almost time to book out, so why not? It whets our appetite. So I wanted to ask all three of you, you yeah, big travelers and as well as, you know, big foodies, um, and you and all your biographies say that your, your cooking and your taste in food has been influenced by your travel. But we haven't been able to travel for the past <laughs> year, right? So yeah, not at all. What has how has that impacted on you and, and your cooking and your, your food? How have you coped with it all?
2: I, I think um, the fact that we've not been able to travel, we probably rely on a little bit more on um, memory, on, on flavors and, and things we've tried and probably missed terribly, you know, from from, from going back to, to experiencing it again. So then it, you, you basically, or rather we started embarking on um, uh, YouTube, this discovery rather, discovery of YouTube, searching for recipes. And it's actually quite surprising how many people share um, certain specific store or, or, or dish, uh, iconic dish from whatever uh, store it may be, online in terms of the interpretation or how it's made, you know. And and essentially with that, um, we basically, you know, spend our weekends trying to recreate those dishes here at home. I think that's that's what we've been, I've we've been doing in our household.
0: Interesting. YouTube has really been um, what do you call it, an eye opener or something for a lot of people. Uh, mm. in, in my house, <laughs> the, the biggest YouTube chef is actually my cook, who ah. whose repertoire has expanded like a hundred times uh, since she discovered it. So we've been the beneficiaries of it, the big beneficiaries of it.
1: <laughs> what about you, Sapna? How has um. it affected you? It, uh, just like how Ben said, um, I miss those iconic dishes, mostly from India, you know, especially when I go back to Cochin, I think uh, you've been there to the best upperman stew and I don't know, how, you know, how they make that particularism with trying to find it. So it, it has kind of uh, given the opportunity to explore. But for me, not going back home to see my mom for more than two years it's like every day, and when she speaks about, oh, I just picked eggplant and then from my garden, I'm gonna make this. Oh no, I have to, I have to make that dish today. So, I think that is what is really uh, think, yeah the most is missing that home cooked food, which usually you know when you travel you get to try and and then yes, of course the comfort food when you go back, you go to different places. whenever you travel you know that particular place has this food and you really miss it. Mostly mom's food and family's yeah. food.
0: I think it's, it's hard. been hard for for everyone who are yeah, yeah. Like
1: families, you know. Exactly. And, and no, no matter how much you try to make it, it doesn't taste like mom's, ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, mom's food is, is different, right? Yes, uh-huh. definitely.
3: The touch is missing. That's right. Um, Eli, what about you? so it's it's a funny story, actually, because like um, so, um my husband and i we we travel not only just because you know the need of like having culinary experiences, but I really love music festivals. And my husband is, although he's an architect, but he also indulges in in a lot of music as well. That's one of his passions. So uh, we were just talking about it like a couple of months ago, how we miss. Um, a cup salon which is a kebab salad that you get in Amsterdam in most of the kebab shops and <laughs> we were just like trying to describe the ingredients and he turned around to me and he's like you should be able to make it and um, I literally got up and was like trying to use YouTube and try and figure out you know what the kind of spices they because it's not a traditional kebab it's something that has been inherited into the culture of Amsterdam so it kind of yeah so it's like really cheesy. It's got this like tomato based sauce and and we created it, and it was absolutely delicious, but it really brought us back to our travels, right So I guess the lucky side of being married or being in contact or living with somebody who cooks is that you can have these adventures within your house, even though you can't really physically travel so yeah that that's what it's been like. <laughs> There's something I've always
0: wondered about, you know, good cooks. Um, is that do you sometimes remember a taste or flavor and then try and recreate it, even though you, you don't know where the recipe is or whatever. I mean, yeah. I can't, I'm just I, I cannot <laughs> identify ingredients, okay? I'm I'm so amateur I can't.
3: But I guess you guys can. Yeah, we can, yeah. And we do it very, very well. Like, my mom is on. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Both my parents are on, actually. I've seen it. Um, so, me and, like, so, you know, we, we travel a lot because my parents both work in the airline industry. And I remember as a young, at a very young age, like, we would, my mom would describe, okay, tell me, get me to describe the different tastes of things. And I think that's where my training started. Like, what do you taste? Can you taste, like, saltiness? Okay, what kind of salt is it? Is it, like, soy sauce? Mm-hmm. Or is it, like you know, like salty or the sea, you know, like trying to describe it So as a kid. So I guess that kind of helped me propel to where I am today, I guess, in a way. So you you were kind of trained towards this taste from young.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Very yeah, young.
0: You see the role of parents. My parents mm-hmm. were just not, not cooks <laughs> at all. So I grew up really an ignoramus about, about food. So, you know... So, which is your, which has been your favorite, favorite food country to go to, Ben? That's, I, that's a tough one. <laughs> a really, a tough one. I mean, which it's is like, your favorite cuisine? Being,
2: well, I, think, I think, um, I think it, it, well, you know, it's. I think it's a toss up between um, Japanese and Thai. They're, they're really extreme flavors. You know, I mean, you've got, you've got Japanese who's, who's all about subtlety and, and letting ingredients shine. And then you've got Thai food, which is is basically a combustion of 20 million flavors in in one mouthful. But you know, I I think somewhere between the two, that's probably why why I like the extreme extremity of, of both the countries because you know they're they're very different. Um, but I, I would say yeah, if I had to pick, I I would pick you know Thailand and and Tokyo. Really, you
0: know, I I'm quite surprised. For some reason, I thought you would say Italy or
2: you know something
0: like it. no you're
2: yeah no, or no. you have an eastern palate uh yes i'm i'm very i'm very asian that way my my, my wife uh, calls me the chinaman wherever i go you know i i always <laughs> i would crave for rice you're right in terms of wanting to discover new things but you know i think after five days um there's uh. this definite need for rice so something. i don't know something of comfort something of really? It's terrible. I used to laugh at my father for for being the Chinaman in the family, right? And right. now, as I get older, I'm like, oh my god, I've turned into him, and he drives after day five. Wow,
0: that's amazing. Um, yeah. Sabna,
1: very um, odd. Very odd if I tell you this, no, you somehow I'm missing from Cali- food from California and India, of course. Yeah. Food, the, what what
0: sort of food from California? Mm-hmm.
1: The um, when i was there what i you know what i explored and when i ate it was mostly fresh food ah. food that's just put on the grill so mm. simple but there was so much of flavor and the simplicity of it is which i feel like i'm really missing mm. so um the even the mexican i know it's not mexican but there was something about those mexican food in california it's just Everything that goes into the grill and the fresh guacamole, fresh veggies, the season, especially the summers. God, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and I do try to make them, just try to put them in the grill, just uh, bake some uh, fresh vegetables. Anikit, my son, was just talking about you. can you just put the potatoes into the oven, like fresh potatoes, and then put some sour cream with some? It's just simple, simple stuff. And then, of course, some spicy uh, food from India. <laughs> That's something I'm really missing. I'm trying very hard to not think about it. But but you can replicate that in your own kitchen, no? Yes, but not some things which is, especially in <laughs> regional, regional cuisine. Ah. In regional cuisine, there's, there's always something missing there. As, uh, especially from Bombay. You know, there's some certain Maharashtrian food. And particularly, what I miss the most is uh, Goan food. Because I was born in Badatun, Goa. And uh, some of the breads, no matter how much, probably people who are following me on in uh, Instagram and Facebook have seen my endless trials. I gave up. Oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> it's What's like, so hard? What's so hard? Breads. Bread? It just doesn't come the right way. Of course, there they're using coal and stone bake ovens. and it, it not. Difference? It makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. And Goan breads are really the iconic uh, breads, which is tastes very rustic and it's very hard to replicate that at home no matter how much i try, I think I've 10 trials Finally, i mm. people are like, can you please share the recipe now? No. <laughs> it's still not there yet. Well, if it's you can't hard.
0: do it, then what
1: about the rest of us? <laughs> you know, there's no <laughs> more.
2: We'll have <laughs> so to wait there's for there's the borders to open. Yes, <laughs> right.
1: yeah, so that's kind of what, and the street food, you know, the street food in India. Yeah. It's yeah. Something yes. which no matter what you do, you just can't yeah so yeah. We, these are the of course um I, I studied in bangkok so sometimes like how ben said i had that sudden craving for thai food and, said, and i tried mm-hmm. to compare So no it's not the same it's not like yep. how you put a stool in the back lane of bangkok Absolutely. after my college and just have a bowl of soup with some random people and some classmates in the middle of the night yeah those those, those are yeah, you must see the dust from the streets that uh, make,
0: <laughs> make a difference to the taste or something <laughs> But Mexican food and Indian food, I feel like fairly similar because it's so flavorful and there's a lot yes. of spices. And yes. and I mean, I like Mexican food. I heard that there's a Taco Bell that opened in Cyberjaya or somewhere. Yeah. And there's long queues. queues. The first ever Taco Bell. I went to my first Taco Bell in 1973, I think. The first time I ever went to California and the first time I ever had Mexican food at a Taco Bell. I can't believe it's only now arrived here and people are lining up. It's
1: crazy. Yeah, but the best are those carts. You know those little carts by Mexican guys who just open up after lunch, for dinner, open up at midnight. Oh my gosh. Smoked uh, meat and then just layered in tacos, just handful and just bite them. Bursts of flavors. So it's it's something that miss a lot. Yeah,
0: it's so similar to like pita and
1: kebabs and and mm-hmm. yeah, and all that, it? Le- even the ants that uh, what what uh, he was just talking about this kebab. You know when you're it's cold and just those rats with those be- pickled pickle beetroot. Yeah, oh, so was, oh, good kebabs, so good, so good. Yeah. So, so we can go on.
0: <laughs> which which is your favorite?
3: How much time do we have? Um, nah. <laughs> I mean, for me, um, personally, I really miss the Mediterranean because you can't, you can't duplicate that flavor here. You know, like you can't, I think it's the, like, it's the air, maybe it's the air that, 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 or is the sitting in the terrace, you know, like, I don't know, it's the sun, it's um the vibe. So... I do miss the Mediterranean. I used to go to Corsica a lot when I was um, living in the UK, because a really good friend of mine had a home there. So that's like kind of French food, but very influenced by the Mediterranean. I love um, Spanish food as well, Um, the cheeses and all that bread and (laughs) stuff that, you know, like that's what I really miss if you if you ask me right now, after not being able to travel, like I love asian food i'm I'm a advocate for Asian food, but I just can't I just can't get the Mediterranean out of my head. And that's what I really, really miss, and that's why I really crave the produce, the olive oils the you know the really good stuff and yeah. it's
0: supposed to be very healthy, right. Um, yeah, the they live medieval, forever. Medieval diet apparently, <laughs> yeah. yeah, will keep you going uh, for for as long as you as you want. But you know, when people talk about the Mediterranean, they're always talking about the the northern part, the, the northern end of the Mediterranean, which is the European. The, do the North African parts yeah. of it count? Are they similar? But they're not similar, right?
3: Um. Me- not really, but there is a little bit of influence. Um, but I'm talking more about Europe um side because I feel like uh, the African side, um, very similar, I guess not similar, but you can get that kind of spices. It's more leathered in spices. But what I really miss is like the freshness, like what something else is, the freshness of the ingredients, you know, like what's in season uh when you go in summer, what season in spring, what you can get. And then of course the Mediterranean you have a lot of seafood as well, which we can't really we can't really have access to here. It's very different. Like, yeah, so that's what I really miss. Yeah. Even the lemons are so good. I remember eating lemons like whole and I'm not really a <laughs> lemon sour? kind of girl. Yeah, you just like sprinkle salt or sugar on it. Sugar la. Usually you sprinkle sugar and you eat it so good. Like it's just like mind blowing. Oh. They do a lot yeah. of lemon, right? They they make
0: Limoncello. (laughs) That's what I noticed all the the lemons with. So, I mean, like, the the pandemic has really impacted restaurants, right? I mean, big time. Really big time. It's so sad to read about all the famous restaurants that have been forced to close and all that. How do you see the scene here um, in Malaysia during this pandemic are we going to recover
3: or do you think we need to recover i don't think it's a matter of whether we and everybody needs to chip in sorry i just like jumped the queue (laughs) yeah i just i just feel like everybody needs i think this is a great time for local support from the community in particular like this is the time where you should be if you can have the means like go and eat out in your favorite neighborhood restaurants like support the market that sells nasi lemak in the morning and buy leko for for you know what i mean just like like do do as much as you can to support local businesses
0: right and then then you have restaurants
2: <laughs> how's, how's it been how's it's uh good? challenging i think um challenging would be best to describe uh, the situation we're in but you know i mean uh, it's I think last year when there was a when there was a short break from the the, the first round of um, lockdown we saw quite a big bounce back so I think that that itself was a very reassuring to know that things would resume to resemble some sort of normality when when things settle down you know when things improve I suppose so I think that's that's something that we're working towards too and meanwhile it's, it's all about treading water and, and surviving I think. That's 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 the name of the game. It's it, we're in it for the long haul. Um, it, it's just a little bit uncertain, you know. We're seeing numbers spiking again, so it's it's a it's a catch twenty two situation because you know as 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 you try to be a, a what's the word responsible individual, then you think okay, you know we should stop going out as well. But then you flip the other way around and you kind of think wait a minute, but we're also in the business where we require consumers to come out and support the business. You know what I mean? So it's, it's it, it does a little bit of a mind trick I, I think for, for, for us. Um, but I guess with that you know we, we just try to be a little bit more weary and, and, and um, what's the word I want to use careful when, when we go, you know go about our day-to-day life but we can't we can't afford to just sit back and, and wait for something you know to, to, to happen because it's not going to happen like that overnight right So you know from a restaurant perspective its it just constantly evolving. Um, as much as I hate that word pivoting, it, it's it's it was the most overused word in twenty um, yeah. twenty. It, it really is about evolving um, the the existing business model to to adapt to what is the new reality, which is what we're going through now. You know what I mean? Um, and and tread water for as long as we can.
0: Right. And and have you had to close down any restaurants? I, I
2: don't know how many. Um. Yeah, we've 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 ironically we've. We've shot a few um, it's it's more because of a lack of manpower <laughs> if you believe it or not it's uh, we, we we seem to have um, run into a, a kind of a shortage supply of, of um, human resource for some reason so we've had to consolidate some of the stores for for staffing purpose to to keep them open. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, but but I suppose the bigger picture is this, you know, working those relationships. A lot of it with the landlords, um, making sure that you know we're in it for the long haul. Uh, you know, in good times we support them; in bad times we need some support from them as well. You know, what I mean, so it's cultivating that relationship so that it's healthier. You know, some we've we've had great um, support from a lot. You know, some less so, and then and with those, then we had to kind of make those decisions to say hey, this is not going to work out, you know, for, for anybody. And, and at some point, we get a little bit selfish because we kind of have to say, look, we have to, we have to prioritize. And our priority is to um, support our staff who's been with the business from day one. You know what I mean? That's my, my main priority is, is making sure that there's still salary to go home with, so to speak, right? So, so I think with those, we find that balance and we consolidate um, to stay afloat and, and, you know, persevere for a better day.
0: Right. I actually have noticed new restaurants opening,
2: mm. which yes. I think is
0: incredibly uh, brave. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, nowadays everything is so uncertain, kan? um, yeah. You know, you don't know um, how long we're going to stay open. I mean, I have to say, though, that the way we've carried, a, carried on our so-called lockdown has been quite gentle in that Except for last year when really nobody could go out. Now we are going out. I know my UK friends are totally envious because they see uh, pictures on my IG of me at a restaurant. They said, wow, you can go out. Because I think they've only just started now in the outdoor
2: dining, I think. Even then,
0: out, I mean. even then, only outdoor dining and, and when their weather permits it, right? There is- <laughs> mm. Both indoor and outdoor and all that, so I guess we're quite lucky in in that way mm. but yeah i I you know Malaysians love eating out um and um I don't see how you know we cannot support you know local restaurants and everything we're always keen to
2: to go but on. you know i I have to say the one of my greatest discoveries and and you know it's it's odd that I've been in this business for twenty years now. Um, but it, it only dawned on me, yes, we, we all go out to eat because we enjoy eating, right? But beyond that, there is a huge um, social connection element that, you know, maybe I forgot, on, it was never in my face. But, you know, I, I see this with the lockdown even more, that, that you know, people need uh, a safe space to reconnect with with friends, acquaintances, less so family, because you will see family at home. But it's, it's just to be able to sit down across somebody have a yes. cup of coffee, share a meal and have a conversation. And yeah. and I think that that you know, restaurants have, have traditionally, you know, been that place. But I funny I never saw it that way. But this time I see it clear as daylight.
0: Well, you know, Malaysians particularly our entire social life revolves around food. Mm. You know? <laughs> so, you know, if you, you take out the food bit, then we all feel a bit, you know, <laughs> I And mean, we need to connect with people over, you know, a nice meal and things like that. We even have meetings over a nice meal, you know? So, yeah. So um I'm just wondering now, you know, I mean, there's a lot of talk, I mean, I, I read a lot of uh, articles in New York Times and all that and how restaurants are having to adjust to this new normal, I mean, new SOPs and all that. But um do you think, you know, what, what do you think are the future trends, uh, for, for food? Are, are people going to stick to safer stuff or are they going to get more experimental? Is it like you got to live now, so you got to try everything? I mean, that, that's kind of my attitude. Samna, do you, do you have
1: a, a view um, on that? I, what I see a lot that, um, that's trending and, uh, what people talk about is, um, home style cooking that's which is the home food business is slowly growing and i can see um there was uh, someone i used to order i I can't remember but this was one year back and like you said we just opened a restaurant (laughs) the food business did really well so i guess but that was all about comfort food so i think comfort food is just getting uh better and the second thing i see a lot is a lot of my friends acquaintance who i know on uh, on social media especially in other countries as well as here they're growing vegetables in the backyard and they have a little you know agricultural patch which is really good and they're they're coming up with new stuff like um, uh what, what was that um uh paste and uh, nut butters and things like that which is grown you know uh there's somebody who, who made a great, very, interesting spinach dip which can be frozen so little things are and they grow spinach in the backyard so that i think is one of um uh the main factor where i see you know the progress and w- before we were so in our comfort zone we just you know eating anything we were not paying attention to things but now we i feel a lot of people are paying attention to a lot of aspects of food homegrown, yeah. um no pesticides and organic so yeah that's that, that has that, that has given us lockdown has given us the space and uh, time to to uh, think about it and to um force ourselves to kind of try that out let's order from them let's try this out before it was like you know the routine wake up do your thing do your thing suddenly when everything was stop go away let me think about my health let me think about what i'm eating. So that is something I see a lot of my friends and um, people around buying yeah, I've from small,
0: yeah. I've, I've noticed that a lot and, and there's been, you know, a, a real encouragement to to buy from, you know, smaller producers and, and things like yeah. that. We at Zapi Go, we often do lists of where you can get local foods, local produce and, and all that. And this gardening thing, you know, this growing... Yeah. There was a huge increase, yes. The, there was a huge it, jump. Which is, which is a, a blessing, I think, you know. Yes, really, it is. What do you
3: think? Uh, have you been seeing this as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I went gluten and dairy-free during MCO because it was the only time that I could control what I was eating. <laughs> and ah. I found out, yeah, because I've always been gluten and dairy intolerant. Like, um so... was, and now it's completely shift, hence why the, the desire of Mediterranean food is very (laughs) strong, but, um, I also feel like there is a, like, like Sapna says, um, um, a need for that comfort food, and I, I guess that's why I also, uh, started up my illipot delivery as I was uh, talking to Marina earlier, like, I really miss um, having steamboat with my family during the lockdown. You know, I just miss coming together in a hot pot of broth. So I was like, I bet if I miss it, maybe 10 people might. So let's just do it. And we got cracking and we started our illy pot delivery in October of last year. And starting to see that need of, you know, a lot of people are actually still very wary about going out. Um, And that notion of like staying at home is very comforting, right? And then, but... Giving them the opportunity of experiencing dining at home on a different level, so uh, that's why we came up with the whole concept that everything comes in a bag and you just and you get to keep everything and everything is reusable. Um, so thinking about sustainability as well, thinking also about um, like providing really comfort food, you know, steamboat, hot pot. It's very comforting. It's a very like it. It evokes a lot of emotions, you know. Um, so yeah, I do. I do agree um, on all the points. Like it's what people are drawn to and what is. I mean, after a year of, of being really disconnected, you always tend to go back to what brings you joy and what brings you comfort. So I'm um, no surprise that that's gardening, <laughs> feeding the soul, feeding your you know your your instincts of life childhood memories and what you ate growing up that's all coming back right.
0: yeah so all of you have mentioned comfort food but I'm not clear what exactly is your comfort food so what's your comfort food Lily? Really? uh rice, rice fried fish sambal kicha and ulam oh I my think. goodness that, that sounds like my childhood you know that's all <laughs> I would eat and I was skinny as anything <laughs> I was too
3: but not
1: anymore <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> Abla, what's your comfort food? A bowl of fresh salads. I can go for that any day. But also, oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I know. I I always have about few dressings, homemade dressings in my house. But the one thing I can eat almost every other day is rice, yogurt, pickle, and uh, my mom's prawn masala. It's just prawns that's cooked until it's, it look. It tastes like prawn sambal. Ah. Altogether, together? Do you mean the rice, the yogurt, and the- it's mixed? Yeah, there's something about it. It's it's the how it's got to do with what I ate as a child. I guess that stuck to me. It. it stuck to me, and I do cook a lot. of... I think on um, average of seven days a week, at least five days, I cook Malaysian style. You'll be surprised. Oh. <laughs> so that is again. I feel like com- that's comfort food for me. Just simple rice and on malaysian curries and um uh yeah but i no try to find yes try to find recipes I, I try to buy paste from home uh chefs you know who make curry paste and things i try to and okay. from the market the lady's selling there so i try some of those but i t- tend to go back to that a lot like you said just fried fish rice and yeah these are the three of my comfort I think
0: okay, we have come back to simplicity,
1: theory really, Simple, right? simple, easy. Yeah. And and we are although it's lockdown, I think we are all short of time, always short of time. So yeah. we think about what can be done fast, easy, and healthy. Right. Ben, what's your comfort food?
2: Um, I I, I mean, if I had to pick one single dish, I think you know Hainanese mean, chicken rice. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 an easy go-to. It's
0: yeah. It's
2: a easy, quick fix, and you know it's. it's yeah, um, that, that, that will be my, my go to dish. But you know what, what's been, really been interesting as well is, you know, we, we talk about discovering um, our, our, what do you call it, childhood, childhood memory, I suppose is what forms the greatest sense of comfort, and, and we relate it through food, right. And um, we, 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 we were, we were stuck in Australia for the greater part of last year during the lockdown. And you know, there's only so much um, uh, Aussie food I could take like uh, you know as an Aussie boy, <laughs> sorry as an Asian boy, Chinaman. Um, that I started this, that I started um, researching a lot more on cooking home, well, home cooking. You know, I mean, whether it's nasi lemak, very simple dishes, and so I've had to emulate that because that's what I missed most. You know, from home, right? And so there was a lot more um, <laughs> studying into how how to how to do nasi lemak, but better. You know, what I mean, how do we improve the, the, the standard? Nasi right. um, so on and so forth, but, like you say, you know, it, it will never be the same case as home because whether there's a balachan that's you know from from a certain village, you 're never going to get in in Sydney, for example, but you know if you find even a Balachan block alone, you will be happy it's na, so to speak right, <laughs> right you know it's
0: really funny, it kind of reminds me of uh, when I was a student in mm. the u k, uh, the ones who were really good at cooking were the boys. Mm -hmm. Because they miss they miss their mom's food. So they try and and, you know, replicate it and things like that. Yeah, and the only thing is once they came home, they stopped, you know. (laughs) And they didn't have to do it anymore. They had mom and then they they had their wives, but it was the nostalgia that spurred them to Mm -hmm. do something about it. It's it's a motivation, you know. Mm -hmm. So, okay, well, uh, I think we can open it to questions now from uh, our audience. And um, let's see. We have uh, Vasiha, who knows Ben's eateries uh, very well, but would like to know what are the restaurants run by Sapna and Ili so that he can try them out. Would you like to explain what you, you guys are up to uh, at the moment? Uh, Sapna.
1: Um, I'm uh, in collaboration with Sold Out Group. So I help them out with the Indian side of the menu. So you can come to um, Sold Out Harkamas. There's a little menu there. There was a restaurant Goa by Sapna at uh, opposite KLCC in Ascot. But um, we, uh, the, the tenancy, agreement kind of the ran out. So we are moving next door. So uh, very soon, there's an interesting concept coming up. So at the moment, yes, uh, restaurant-wise, I'm connected to them. Um, if you want to try, there's a bit of a small Indian menu there, selected small comfort food Indian menu there, so you can come and try some of the food there. And uh, another three months or so, we will be uh, taking over a new space, and uh, it will be uh, not over by some It's a very interesting new concept, which I'm kind of looking forward to, yeah.
0: Is that the one you said is next door? Uh, yes, uh, oh,
1: Ma. Yeah, next okay. door. Where next door. exactly next? Ma Residence. Oh Ma right. Residence. Yes. Just below oh. there.
0: Yeah. Oh wow.
3: Okay. Um. And Ili, your besides your Ili pots. Yeah. So just Ili pot. I don't want to be too busy running around like a chicken <laughs> yeah, so uh, b- besides like me being um shooting my own content and working with brands and still being a asian food network ambassador which keeps me quite busy i run illipot which is the steamboat and grill delivery service uh which is completely um everything's online so you purchase your food online then you order pay online and we deliver it straight to your door uh, within the hour We try to Um, so it's really kind of, um, taken its own, I guess during the MCO, we had a lot of time to really think about brick and mortar restaurants versus online restaurants. And we were just really learning about how businesses change really quickly. And like, um, like Ben said, the word pivot was used many a time. So learning from people like you, Ben, like I, I thought about how are we going to uh, make our business online first and then maybe in the future, bring it to brick and mortar? So the flexibility allows us mm. to adapt. Um, and of course, having run restaurants before, uh, I know the pain. So yes, yeah, so I was like, yeah, online the way to go. <laughs> so yeah, Illiport delivery service where uh, you just can, you can Google it where, where we should hit the first one if we don't find it in the first Please let me know. <laughs> I'll no, let the team I'd know.
0: That. Is that, is that uh, for one person or how many people
3: can you... uh, Well, we have sets for one. It's called our Ready, Steady, Masak, which is literally like pre-prep meals. Uh, but our smallest combos are for two people and we go up to for eight. So wow. uh, yeah, so you can have a combination and we do steamboat as well as grill. Oh, what's, what's
0: yeah. on grill what do
3: you mean by grill grill so it's like it's like a little like a uh, grill uh, uh, pan we give you a, a grill pan with like marinated meats that you can grill on so because I know that like in my family like half of us love steamboat the other half hate steamboat or loathe it and they <laughs> prefer grill so I made sure that <laughs> right. I want right. to yeah so yeah, so we have Steamboat for those who love the soup and the broth and, you know, we have our Tom yam and we have our uh, creamy chicken, our Changkong Getting experiences, I mean, uh, flavors from, you know, all over the world, really. And then we also have grills. We have like teriyaki, Thai barbecue, uh, my homemade barbecue sauce. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's really fun. The kids oh. love it. Yeah. I must look it up. I must look it up, really. Yeah, yeah. let us know. Yeah. And I... It, yeah, I don't know if you guys want. We um, maybe later we can give you guys a promo code. So anyone who's watching today, um, Ili Pot for you, all capitals, capital letters. You get ten percent off.
0: Wonderful! Thank you so much. That's no worry. That's great. Yeah. So here's a, a question from Tershia. Um, said so she said all the talking about food is making her hungry. Ha ha ha. You eaten at all today, Tersha um my question to all speakers if you could travel anywhere in the world right now to eat one dish one dish one special dish where and what would it be
3: oh Ben,
2: that's a hard one i think you know it's it's, you know people say oh they've got a girl in every port to meet. there's a dish in every port that you kind of want to try um it's wow, one single dish. What would it be? Um
0: anything in Japan, maybe?
2: Yeah, it's funny. I, I was I was I was thinking that there was there's a particular um sushi and a, a cuttlefish sushi, uh at at sushi ten tenzushi, just outside of Fukuoka, and that was the singular most spectacular bite I've had. Uh uh, in, in terms of memory and, and flavor, and 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 how it makes you feel, so I, I would say you know right now that will be that one one dish I want to go back to because he, because the sushi master is also you know in his eighties he, he's getting wow. on with age so oh, <laughs> I would wow. really like to go back fast yeah <laughs> it's too bad we can't
0: really go to Japan I think
2: right now <laughs> no we can't
1: no Savna what well, what what about you uh La Superrica in Santa Barbara, California. What is it? It's a really good google it when you go uh, a lot of people travel all the way there. It's a tiny little um single story place. It's run by family, three two brothers and their wives and they only open in the evenings and they bring in fresh produce and they have a fixed blackboard menu whatever seasonal and it's, it's just fresh tacos and they're making it in front of you. Oh, tacos. You have this little window, you place the order. It's Mexican, yeah. That's La Suparica. Wow. It's really, really, really popular. Where is that? It's in Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, wow. La Suparica. It's something I always, and I know I cannot replicate here. It's like, forget it. I'm not even going to try it. Yeah, corn tortillas is so fresh. So the ladies are, are making them, just flipping them into the grill and it comes up. Right. really nice yeah that's something i would really fly right now to, to get is oh, watering no. while i talk about it Ely, <laughs> do you have a special favorite in the Mediterranean? Yes.
3: no well not really because right now i'm really craving really good pizza and oh. the best pizza i've ever had in my whole entire life is actually four peas in in vietnam in ho chi minh four oh. peas pizza it's the mm. best pizza in the world. I don't know whether any of you have tried it. It's how, crazy how it, good. That, you have, right? How, how is a pizza in, in So, this Florida? Japanese guy went to Italy, learned how to make pizza, went back, lives in Vietnam, super random, runs his own farm, has his own buffaloes, makes his own mozzarella cheese, imports his flour from Japan. It's the best pizza in the world. If anybody, the minute the borders open, like, if you are in Vietnam, if you are in Ho Chi Minh, if you if you go, please go and see, go check out Four P's Pizza. It is so good. Like, is yeah. it Four P's or Four P's? Four, four P for peanuts, like Four P Pizza. Ah. Yeah, and they don't do delivery. You gotta you gotta go and dine in. It's ah. like the best, the best pizza.
0: Okay, must make a note of that. I hope any Italians
3: uh, will, you know, get a bit stroppy about that. I definitely time. <laughs> well, we trained with the Italians, so it's not like it's not like not legit. And I don't know, like I mean, maybe because of the lack of gluten and dairy in my diet, that I'm just like I
1: need a pizza like ah. right now. Yeah. All
3: oh, right. So, but you're staying off gluten, right? I try to, but it's really hard. But I try to. <laughs>
0: Okay. Um. Here's a question from Cynthia Chong. Every um, everyone misses and craves traveling now. So when the international borders open again, which would you prefer to do first? To go back to those places that you are missing the most now, or you want to go to new destinations and food? And what would that be? Ellie, really. what?
3: Would, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've 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 actually never been to Japan. So yeah. I've been everywhere else. But Japan, I can, Japan can give you a list. Yes. <laughs> yes definitely. Yeah.
2: Very long list.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm definitely like me. Actually we were supposed to go last year. Uh we got married in two thousand nineteen. We we're supposed to go on our honeymoon to Japan in twenty twenty. Well that didn't happen. So um hopefully next year we'll be able to uh to do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Ben, where would you go? Would you go to an old place or a new place? Um, you, you know something, I, I, I know this is because I suppose I'm managing my own expectations. I think international travel will still be a while longer. But yeah. so to me, I'm actually really quite excited to explore uh, Malaysia itself when interstate borders open. Because you know, I mean, along the lines of what we talked about one thing to support local restaurants, I think it's not just What's happening here in KL? It's, it's actually everywhere else in Malaysia, whether it's tourism or whether it's it's mom and pop stores on the east coast, whatever whatever it may be. You know, I mean, I think the you know in my mind, I think I would like to believe that we would try and give that support to to our own country first. You know, what I mean, and yeah. and and also, you know, it's a great chance to explore it. I think in the past because we've been so. Enamored by the glamour of international travel, that we we kind of just neglected what's in our backyard. You know what I mean? And and I think so. It's it's good that everybody's paying a little bit more attention to to what what we have. I mean, I mean, we laugh with our Singaporean friends that you know all they have is in to, to to go across for a vacation, right? But we you know we we are so enriched in 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 in, in that sense that there's so much to explore. So. I think um I'm making my own list of um doing a, a road trip around peninsula Malaysia as soon as we as soon as we can do interstate uh, travel and when it's safe to do so of course responsibly. Um uh, but yeah I'm excited about that.
0: Great. So yeah, I that, that's a great idea. And yeah. Last year when they loosened it up a bit, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I did uh with my husband, Tara. We we did a road trip uh, from KL to Tamanagara and then East Coast
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: across, and of course, eight all the way.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> all the local specialties, and it was wonderful. It was really, it really yeah. was. And for a small country, we are pretty small countries, there is a lot of variety, isn't there?
2: Yeah.
0: It's true. A lot to discover still.
2: So we want to do a, a best of, a, the best of, you know, all the different states, uh, and on on one road trip, you know, like a foodies road trip, just around Peninsula, Malaysia first.
0: Can I come?
2: <laughs> no, why not? <laughs> I'll
0: bring a camera. We can just shoot it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, you know, do uh, yeah. uh, Ben and Ili and Sapna yeah. does. <laughs> no, no. Why not? Why not?
2: Why not, indeed
0: Yeah. So what are the other questions? Um, if you could only have one dish that your mother makes, made for the rest of your life, what would it be? Was your mom a cook? Is your mom a cook, uh, Ben?
2: Yeah, and she, she's a, she's a great cook, I think, you know. So, she, wow, one dish, one dish is hard, because, you know, we always send in our weekly requests <laughs> oh, for our repertoire. We feel like eating this, and then she'll make it. Um, um, but one dish? Hmm. Interesting. I've I've never thought about if there was one dish. I'll come back to you. Okay. <laughs> Move okay. on to Satna First. What <laughs> you about
0: Sapna, Your mom's uh, What did you say? Your mom. You were missing.
1: Yeah, the her her prawn her prawn uh, masala and while well, we were talking about her, her prawn biryani. Prawn. Oh, I really wow. miss that. I really uh, miss that. Uh, and no matter how I try to make it, it does taste the same. The best part is um she makes the prawn biryani. She won't uh. She, she does not put the, the pot she cooks in for wash. She'll give me the pot. So you know the, the crust, oh, the yeah. rice? Oh. And the, tastes amazing. You eat the, bottom, the bottom of the pot? Wow. Yes. Yes. The crust, taste. the rice, and the spices, and the gravy. It's like onion gravy with the onion chili paste. That is the best. And that's what, yeah, one thing I'm really missing. Just put the pot on the table and eat it with my hands. Yeah. It's been two year, two and a half, almost two and a half, three years since I saw her, so it's a bit tough, yeah. Yeah, everyone, all the, all my family members.
0: Eileen, is your mama cook? Mm.
1: <laughs> she's here, as <laughs> so I better watch
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, She's all right, but I would say this. She's not the best cook, but what she does well, she does really well. And my mom makes the best mango sticky ribs ever. I don't know what it is. It's like a curry. I don't know how she came up with this. I think we were desperate mango for sticky. some... Yeah, it's like a it's like a curry, but it's very thick. And she cooks it for a really long time. And she uses um, chutney, <laughs> mango chutney in it. And it has spices. And uh, you can eat it with rice. You can eat it with bread. You can eat it with pasta. It's so good. It's not in any way Malaysian, I think it's like a mash of our lives, because uh-huh. it has it has spices, it has curry powder in it, it has chutney, it has man- ribs, it has yeah, awesome. really pizza manis, it's so good. It's the <laughs> like best. You know I mean? Mommy, mommy, uh, she's online, so Mom, can you please make
1: it soon? Because <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> ah, okay.
0: Ben, I have another question for you from Tersha. Yeah. She follows you on Instagram and <laughs> says, I love seeing you on food tours to park corners of the world. Can you share more on your travel and food experience on these tours? It looks really interesting.
2: So, I, I think um, re- recently, I uh, maybe about three years ago, I, I met um, a, a lovely guy called uh, David Khalifa. Uh, on Instagram, actually, I, I saw him through Instagram, uh, and, and he was organizing uh, food tours around Japan. And I think one of the things about Japan is, is that it's notoriously difficult to get reservations in in, in the good restaurants. I mean, it, it's gotten to a point where they no longer want to entertain anybody who's not Japanese. Um, they only want to serve their regulars because you know their their thought process is not a financial gain, but but. Respecting the customers who's been with them for years and being able to come in, so they close their doors to, to a lot of um, uh, foreigners and and, and people who's never been. So what was interesting about David is that you know through his network of friends and connections, he, he managed to build a repertoire of uh, what we call well, <laughs> what was like the boot camp of eating in in Japan over seven days. You know, three reservations a day. In the most difficult restaurants to to get into, and uh, and that was that was actually one of my, my my dream tours, and and his first trip was actually just about the time where, where Bailey was was due, so I I couldn't join him. <laughs> I yeah. tried approaching it with my wife. I said, you know, give or take a few days, I might be able to make it back in time, but uh, it was a firm yeah. no. Um, but subsequently, I've, I've I've joined him on a couple of those tours, and it's incredible. I mean, you know, it's it, to 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 be able to experience it's such a diverse a range of, of specialty stores, you know, whether it's in Japan or I did one with him in Scandinavia where we, we tried um, just, you know, mind-blowing stuff. And, and because of the, those connections, we get to meet the, the chefs or the restaurateurs who's behind those restaurants who will sit down after service and talk to us about the ideas or philosophy of, of what their restaurants are about. Um, so you get a better understanding of the meal you've just had. And not just your interpretation of it. So it's it's been um, it's been really enriching, and and, you know, I would say that you know anybody who gets a chance when the borders open, you know, should 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 join him for one of these um, trips he 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 organizes around the world. What's his
0: name again? David Uh, David
2: Khalifa, But I think he goes with the handle the Hungry Tourist.
0: Oh, I have to look him up because it
2: sounds uh, yeah, it's. It's It's quite incredible and and you know what's amazing is on these tours they're not very big. they're only about six or seven people. You also meet very like-minded individuals who you know obviously celebrates food enough to go okay, I'm gonna go halfway around the world to 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 eat. Um, so you know from that we get to share notes and explore other experiences that we've we've, we've you know come across. He's been here to Malaysia and he, he absolutely loves it. Uh, you know we took him on a short eating tour. So it's it's great and and it's it's so incredible and again like I said you know we, you know we're very fortunate but you know there are crazy people out there who would fly halfway across the world to get into a restaurant because the reservation opened up and you know right. they, they would go to Mexico or wherever, wherever it may be just to show up for dinner. Wow. So it's crazy but um, interesting that there are people that driven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: really. So we're almost at the end of our session today. And um, before we end, we always have this one, you know, closing question that we have to ask everyone. So it's about life lessons from all your work and all your experiences in the food industry and traveling. Um, if you could give our participants, our audience, one piece of advice you have learn through your experiences in life, what would it be? what would it be ben do you want to go first or shall i get
2: someone else in in context of traveling any any context just uh, you know i i suppose um you know i i would use the word well i i normally like to live i never say no uh, it's it's a bit dangerous but i i think you know the, the thought process behind that is to be as adventurous as you know you you can get away with within reason but you know i think the fact is or too often we, we say no because of fear or because of, of you know insecurities or whatever it may be. And I find nine out of ten times, you know, we lose out on on that experience when we say no. Um, so I, I would say when it comes to, to 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 travel, be brave and always say yes. Great,
0: <laughs> great. That's that's great advice. Sabna, what would you
1: say? <laughs> I um with with the recent uh, COVID and you know pandemic and all that, what I think I recently appreciate uh, what I think the most is appreciating life, appreciating relationships, appreciating mm-hmm. um, that we are healthy and 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 um, and uh, and and quite blessed. I think that's uh, something you know we're so busy in in the routine that we forget how to live mm. I think that's something I um I, and it's odd because it, I wasn't paying attention to this so much uh, probably two years back before the pandemic is that you know machine mm. cycle like yeah. on a treadmill going on and on and when it stops it stops you. but now I feel like everything every choice is made um I, I'm thinking twice and it's all it comes down to whether are we happy or not? Am I happy or not? Is my are my family members happy or not? So, I guess it comes down to being more self love, appreciative, thankful, gratitude. That's what it has taught me. Pay more attention. That's
3: right. That's great. And Ely? Mm, I think for me it's been. Um, I would say when I first uh, delved into this food business uh, after returning back from the UK one of my first shoots was with Asian Punawa after I had won, was with Roger King And I asked him, you know, as a newbie, it's like, you know, can you give me one piece of advice? And he said, approach anything you do, especially when it comes to food, with honesty, because it transcends. You can You can see it on your face, on the camera. You can taste it in your food. If you cook for people, if you run a restaurant, if you don't do anything with honesty, it's never going to work out. And I, I really held on to that because it's really kind of uh, transcend into everything that I do now. Um, sometimes honesty can be a little bit bitter to some people, but it needs to be communicated. Other times it really comes from the heart. Um, even when uh, feeling or facing challenges like we did last year, um, it really makes me grow as an individual. So I think honesty has always been, it's something that I picked up quite later on in my career, but um it really does help me so every time something happens i go back to that
0: yeah that's terrific advice that's that's really something to to remember i think in everything we do we are not not just in the food business i think yeah mm-hmm. so i just want to thank our three wonderful speakers uh ben sapna and uh, eli um for all your terrific insights uh into food and you know the thing that we love most traveling and eating and uh like all of you i i really hope that um we'll be able to do that again uh soon but i i do think that all the lessons that we've learned during this uh lockdowns uh, are going to serve as well i think in the future i think our priorities been rearranged a bit and and everything. So, good luck to all of you. I look forward to meeting you all IRL in real life and eating at wherever you might be. Um, and wish you all the best uh, for for the rest of the month. Uh, for those who are fasting, selamat berbuka. And um, see you next month for the next episode of Hello Zafigo. And thank you also, Ori for making Sapna and me look <laughs> great in on you. And please can you, please, can you do something for the guys as well? So that <laughs> you, know, you can lift up. <laughs> I mean,
1: thank you once again. Thank you.